Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 287 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you. And I've got a really great coaching episode. And we're just going to dive right in. So first thing I just want to say is we are going to talk about attachment styles today. A couple weeks ago, myself and my friend Madeline Charles over at the Irresistible Woman podcast, we did a two part series on attachment styles. So make sure you listen to those two episodes if you want a little bit more of a deep dive into the specifics of attachment styles. So we'll put the link both to my episode and Madeline's episode in the show notes. So just make sure you go listen to those. I do just want to say one thing about attachment styles. And this is really with any kind of typing, whether it's not like typing on a computer, but typing in terms of like categorizing yourself into like astrological signs or Myers-Briggs or whatever it is. What's the thing? Enneagram. That's like the big thing now. I think those things are super, super helpful and kind of understanding who you are and maybe and putting some words behind like, oh, yeah, like that does resonate. And that makes a lot of sense. And now you have some words behind maybe what some of the things are that come easy to you or natural and some of the things that are more challenging to you. Lots and lots of power in that. And same with attachment styles, when you can understand like, oh, I'm not actually crazy. Like this actually makes a lot of sense as to why I'm doing this or why I'm doing that or why other people are doing this. It can just bring a little bit of sanity to your inner work so that you're not approaching it from a place of how do I fix myself? Because obviously, you know, that's never going to be a really great place to start from. 
But the one thing I do want to say about attachment styles is I want you to just be really, really mindful, really with, again, with attachment styles or any way that you can categorize yourself is to keep it at an arm's length. It's not who you are because who you are at a soul level is very much that, right? It is a soul divine thing. Do you know what I mean? And so I do find that sometimes we can over-identify with various ways we can categorize ourselves. I find it to be super potent when it comes to attachment styles, like, oh, I'm anxiously attached, or oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a people pleaser, whatever. And again, you might have some of those tendencies, that's true. But just remember the difference between saying, I'm anxiously attached versus I have anxious attachment tendencies, right? One is keeping the patterns at an arm's length, something where it's almost like you're a fly on the wall in your own life. And from there, it feels a lot easier to shift things rather than being like, I'm anxiously attached. Oh, God, what do I do? Now, I know I'm exaggerating a little bit the voices, but I really do think that it's not just semantics. And it's a really big difference of energy. So I just want to say that as a caveat, because whenever I talk about attachment styles on the podcast, I get a bazillion DMs, I get a million emails about it, like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious, let's not over identify with it, because that's just going to make it that much more difficult to shift whatever pattern we're trying to shift. And by the way, I haven't said this in a while, but I really love connecting with you in the DMs on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. So if you haven't sent me a message there, I would love to hear from you. I love, 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 love connecting with listeners. I would love to know just a little bit more about you. If you have a topic idea or a question for me for the show, or just want to share a little bit about yourself, um, introduce yourself. I love, love hearing from you. So again, I'm Veronica E. Grant on Instagram, and I respond to basically every non-spammy message I get. So can't wait to connect with you there. All right. So before we get into my coaching call with Taslim, consider some of these questions. Do you or did you fall in love with someone's potential? Have you done a lot of work so that you don't need other people's approval to feel worthy, but now you find yourself attracting that very person? Do you think that you're attracting these people by the powers of the universe and your hands have kind of tied, or do you still feel that you have some power to shift it? So keep these questions in mind as we get into my coaching conversation with Taslim, and let's get right to it. Hi, Taslim. Welcome to the show. How can I help today? Thank you so much, Veronica. So I have a funny question. In the past, I feel like I was kind of anxious in my dating and needy myself. And I've been so proud of myself because that actually, I don't feel like that's me anymore. Mm -hmm. But lately I've been attracting guys that are like that. And I wonder what it is that I'm doing that is now bringing that to me. (laughs) Okay. That is an interesting question to tackle. So let's just start. Why do you think it might be happening? Well, I was scared that I was like now suddenly going like really avoidant and just scared of relationships, but I hope that's not it. Um, because at first I thought it was just because it was a good thing that I'm not like chasing after a guy that isn't available, but now I feel a bit like it's, yeah, I don't really know. And it's happened a few times consistently. So. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like there's something in me that is that doesn't realize that I am scared of still of like having what it is that I think I want. Yeah. Okay. So 
I mean, I said this before, I'll say it again. You know, if one thing happens in your love life, like obviously that's frustrating, you know, but it's life. But if the same thing happens over and over again, then yeah, it is worth taking a look at it. So I'm glad you're asking this and bringing this to the podcast. I'm sure there is someone who can relate to this question. So let's kind of back up. Tell me a little bit more about when you said you were anxious and needy. What does that mean? Like, I understand what you mean, but like also everyone has their own definition of what specifically what needy means. That's that's really the yeah. word that I'm kind of curious about. Yeah. Well, I had no idea while this was happening that I was doing it, but I was like, if someone wasn't available for a relationship or I really liked someone, mm-hmm. I would give to them and sort of do things to make them see me and think that the more that I did, the more that they would come towards me, but they either weren't available. They didn't even want to be in a relationship. They weren't even in the right place to like give that kind of commitment. Right. And I was still doing like a lot of chasing and giving and doing. So how are you needy? Cause it sounds like you were giving a lot. So in what ways are you needy? Yeah, I guess it was like, I wanted that attention. Like, I guess there was that kind of neediness. Like I felt like maybe, well, my background is as a teacher and I feel a bit like I would see the potential in my students and they were kids. And that was amazing for teaching, but I kind of did that in relationships as well. Yeah. Like I would see the potential of where this could go instead of seeing what it actually was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's that piece, which is super common falling in love with the potential. Right. And then there's also the, I'll call it for now, just because it's your word, not mine, the neediness (laughs) of needing someone's attention. Right. Right. Okay. Did someone call you needy at one point in your life? Or have you been called that before? Maybe not needy, but like overly sensitive. Okay. Okay. Who who said you're overly, overly sensitive? People in my family, like, I think it was more like a worry that I would be taken advantage of because I was giving or overly sensitive or would get teary often. So people in my family, I remember like sort of joking that they wanted to like toughen me up and make me not so naive, I guess. I don't know. How does it make you feel when you say that? (laughs) It's like two different parts of me because it's, it makes me sad that they would think that because I would hope that they would have more trust in my ability to make decisions. And I think it's a good thing to be compassionate and giving. But then another part of me also understood that they were like protective. They were just concerned. Yeah. But it it confused me for sure. (laughs) Okay. So how did your child self feel about it being called, you know, overly sensitive or emotional? I shoved down a lot of my emotions. Okay. Or I got emotional away from the people that I thought would get worried or upset about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was there a specific type of emotion 
that you tend to shove down versus or hide versus other emotions? I definitely didn't have a relationship to anger. Like it was like, I saw a lot of people on my family easily getting angry and not in a violent way, but just in a, like I can express my thoughts openly and abruptly and aggressively, but I found it jarring for me. So I guess (laughs) I didn't want, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be like that. So I didn't realize I was kind of doing the opposite and just sort of being the calm one, but inside I wasn't calm. On the outside, I was. Okay. 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 I just want to pause here. I saw a meme recently. I'm going to (laughs) butcher it. I don't remember exactly what it said, but basically the tone of it was like, somehow, thanks to the patriarchy, you know, the emotion that is stereotypical or emotions that are stereotypical with women, you know, when we express those, it's needy. It's too much, overly emotional, blah, blah, blah. But like men are allowed to feel as angry as they want, as if anger is not a fucking emotion. (laughs) It's an emotion like Jesus Christ. Let's just, anyways. So, so this is kind of reminding me of that meme. Like, okay, it was okay. It was okay for some people to be angry and to express their emotion. But then when you expressed your emotion, especially if it required something of them, like compassion or support or nurturing or whatever, then all of a sudden, whoa, what are you doing? Too much or too sensitive. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I feel like they, they wouldn't have discounted me being angry, but if I was on the other side of the emotions, like sad or worried or something like that, then it just made them worry. And they wanted me to be like, quote unquote, stronger. So yeah. So typically when we have difficult emotions, so I'm not talking about the emotions around joy, happiness, calmness, like things like that. I'm talking more of like stress, sadness, grief, loneliness, things like that, right? When we're feeling anything along those lines, usually when we're sharing or expressing that kind of emotion with someone, there is inherent need baked in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not telling you that I feel lonely just to hear myself talk. I'm telling you that I feel lonely in hopes that you can have compassion for me, hold some space for me so that I then won't feel lonely. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's just kind of look what we're dealing with here. Okay. So you basically got taught that having emotions is too much. Like they could call it too sensitive or whatever. You need to be strong, blah, 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 blah. But on your end, those kind of emotions have inherent needs baked in. And so somewhere along the line, you created a story about how you can't show your emotion or you can't show how you really feel because it's ultimately going to be too much for somebody, right? And so then you get into these relationships and you all of a sudden like have emotion because you're human, (laughs) not because you're an alien, but because you're human. and and all of a sudden, like this makes you quote unquote needy because you're trying to express them and the other person is, you know, avoidant or whatever their patterning is, doesn't really matter. But the point is, is that you take it on as being needy and that is bad because that's the programming that you got. So before we go further, I just want to pause and hear your reflection on this, what you're picking up, anything stood out to you? It's funny. It's almost like I 
I had to hold myself back from my initial reaction was to like start being protective of my family members. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that they said that, but then it made me think that it's not necessarily even being insulting to them. It's just like honoring my feelings as well. And there should be space to do both, but hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know why I created this story that there wasn't enough space for both. Well, that's because there wasn't growing up at least. Right. You know, but like I look at my nieces and uh they're like 15 and eight. And even if someone told them that, you know, they're being too emotional or whatever, they would tell those people off and they like, they create this space. And I, I always want to high five them secretly in front of like family because I'm like, you guys are amazing. I wish you, I you can high five them, high five them. Like, I don't know, maybe it doesn't have to be in front of that family member, but you see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think, you know, I, I, I do think that the family of origin plays a huge role in the stories that we tell ourselves, but we can't forget about culture and, you know, coming of age in the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands, like, just watch a movie from those time periods or like a TV show. It's crazy. Like you kind of forget about it or like, don't realize like how insane just like the gender stereotypes and like the jokes made about men and women. Like, it's just crazy. It really is. Um, I've watched when Harry met Sally, no less than 2000 times. Right. And like, and like every time I watch it, I just get more and more like, Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. I still love it. I'll still continue watching it. But like, this oh my goodness i mean so so i i think your nieces are blessed with growing up in a different world i don't think it's a perfect world i'm not saying like they're gonna get off scot-free but like i do think that media and tv shows and all that kind of stuff like i do think like the jokes are just different you know like even like how i met your mother which i talk about all the time that show was relatively recent like it went off the air less than 10 years ago and some of those jokes do not hold the test of time anyways i digress i could talk about that forever <laughs> as you can see but what i want to get back to is you created a story that having these kinds of emotions where there's needs inherently baked in makes you needy and needy has a connotation of being which is bad it's not good to be needy yeah, like it, I I felt like I would be weak if I was like that. Right. So that's that's direct programming from your family. Mm-hmm. You see that? Because like you have to be strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you're actually absolutely right. I think you told yourself a story that like, oh, having needs is bad. And so you swung to the other side of the pendulum and you're like, I'm not going to have any needs. <laughs> and it's just another way of emotionally shutting down. And so then it's creating this pattern of attracting whoever you're attracting, but ultimately, yeah, like avoidant types do tend to attract anxiously attached types. That's not, I mean, like it's a little more nuanced and complex than that, but like, I do think that there is a lot of truth behind that. And so I think it can create like this, like push pull dynamic where it can be pulling in these people who are more anxiously attached and quote unquote needy or whatever. So does that make sense? Yeah. But then that's why I'm wondering, I hope I'm not going to that side now because well, I'm... you're not like, first of all, you, 
I don't want you to feel like, oh, like I'm going to the side, like you have no control over it. Right. You have absolute control over it. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, well, okay. A couple of things. The first thing that I would say is this is like, let's forget about who you're attracting, who you're going on dates with and blah, 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 blah. First, you have to realign how you relate to this idea of being needy. So there's two things that you can do. There's two ways you can go about it. Both are perfectly fine. The first is being like, screw it. Like I'm not needy. The second way you can go about it is to reclaim the word needy and be like, yeah, if having needs makes me needy, then so be it. (laughs) Right. So you can go either one of those, those ways. I actually personally like the second way, like, yeah, if having yeah. needs, then like, oh, well, you know, like, like feminists have reclaimed the word bitch, you know, it's the same thing. Yeah. So how does that feel? Yeah, no, I really like that. I think I needed that reminder that it's also in my control. Yeah. It just feels strange when like some of the things that I would want from a guy, um, like, you know, them wanting to put time and energy and attention into me and effort seems to be happening. Like, I know it sounds weird, but really quickly in terms of like, you know, guys sort of telling me that they love me like within a few dates or, but they haven't even taken the time to get to know me. It it would be different. I would be like on cloud nine if it actually felt like you know me and you're saying it, but it yeah. feels a bit like I'm like the answer to their neediness now. So right. I'm like, well, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. 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 So let's pause here because that may or may not be anxiously attached behavior. Anxiously attached behavior is more like, I need you. I need you. I need you. Love me. Love me. Love me. Love me. What you're describing sounds more like love bombing, which is not something I would normally, I'm not saying it can't be, but it's not something I would normally associate with anxious attachment behavior. Yeah. And it doesn't feel manipulative. It feels like they actually believe it, but they don't see that they haven't even taken the time to get to know me. So. Okay. Okay. And what do you typically do in a situation like that? It really first of all, in my energy and my emotions, it actually gets me disappointed, like right away, because I I think like, okay, I I don't know what to do about this. Because if you said that to me a few months down the line, or acted like that, I would really appreciate it. But now I feel like it could have been anybody that walked into their life. And it's not about me anymore. Right. Um, Okay. So what you're telling me is you're not falling for it. No, not at all. So that's a really, really good sign. Okay. Because like, <laughs> because if you fall for it, whether it's like love bombing or like, oh my God, like you seem so amazing that and they just like, yeah, it is love bombing basically, but there's less, there's, I guess there's more subtle versions of love bombing too, but for people who fall for it, and I'm not faulting people listening who might be falling for it or have fallen for it. It's overwhelmingly likely because there is some sort of like emotional void that your core wound left and someone is able just to nestle right up in it 
And they're able just to like get in there and be like, you're great. You're great. You're amazing. Blah, 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 blah. And that's exactly what your inner child needed or needs to hear. Right. And so you become so much more susceptible to the love bombing. Right. But like if someone's love bombing and you're just like, dude, you don't even know me. Like, and I assume then you're cutting it off. Yeah. I understand it's frustrating and we can talk about maybe how to like avoid that situation altogether. But to me, that's a really good sign. I'm not saying that like you're healed. Cause I don't think anyone's healed. I think we're all healing, yeah. but like you're probably further along than you think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like I, I was proud of myself that I actually feel um, like more attracted to someone that like, I saw this post to yesterday that said like, what's the most attractive thing to you in a partner? And my answer was someone who shows consistent attraction and effort to me. Like it's not about, you know, and other people wrote like honesty or whatever, but so I was proud that I'm not caught up in someone that is inconsistent, but then these guys that are coming in that are consistent but it's too quick and they aren't getting to know me. I was like, am I doing something because now it's happened a few times and and how am I doing something online and in person, like at coffee shops or around my neighborhood or. Okay. So here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. So whether you're meeting these people online or off, doesn't matter. I would pretty much from the beginning start with being very clear on how you feel and what you need or want. Okay. And I'm not saying like love bomb them <laughs> yeah, right, right. Be as simple as like, I'm, you know, really excited about our date tonight. Or if there's something that you need, like, Hey, I actually don't really like texting. Would you be open for a quick phone chat in the evening for right. Minutes instead, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. Like, and obviously, like those examples may not pertain to specific conversations you've had or whatever, or situations you'll be in. But what I'm saying is, like, basically, when you can show up being emotionally available and um, being emotionally available, being vulnerable does not mean airing out all your dirty laundry. It does not mean telling them all your deepest, darkest secrets right at first or anything like that. It's simply about being like, this is what is true for me right now. That is what being vulnerable is. That is what being emotionally available is because what people tend to forget or not really understand, I should say, that's probably the better, probably the better um, description is, you know, it's very easy to point at all these emotionally avoidant, you know, people and be like, look at all these emotionally unavailable people, you know, like avoidance are, you know, categorized as that, as unavailable. When the truth is, is that anxiously attached people are also emotionally unavailable. It's just in a different way, right? I talk about this in the assessment that I released a couple months ago. It just might look different, right? So like if you're anxiously attached, that means you need someone's validation. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And to feel secure, right? That means you're unable to source that worthiness and that sense of whatever you want to feel from within, right? And if you don't have that emotional regulation and emotional availability from within, there's no way you can then be that with another person. Right. And so whether you're showing attachment, anxiously attachment style tendencies or avoidant tendencies, they're still the same side or the different side of the same coin. Right. And so if you can show up more emotionally available, which is saying how you feel in the moment, asking for what you want, saying what you think, saying what you feel, even if it's like an uncomfortable emotion or whatever it is, then if you are attracting those more anxious attached people, some of them will be so uncomfortable because they're ultimately not emotionally available. And they're used to that, like kind of chase, you know, that um, highs and lows, hot and cold type of situation that they're not going to be able to handle it. And it, you're just, they're just going to like, it's just not going to work. It's just going to repel like oil and water. Sometimes people are anxiously attached but they actually do have the capacity to just kind of, I don't want to say like turn it off, but like they're able to like, okay, I can do this kind of mentality. And then they can kind of like get to that more um, stable place. And then you might be able to have some sort of relationship with them. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be the one or whatever, But what I'm saying is if you're acting emotionally unavailable, whether it's more in the avoidant style or in the more attached style, either way, you're ultimately emotionally unavailable and you're probably going to be attracting that maybe because of like some weird law of the universe, like who knows, but definitely because just on a very basic psychological level, that's what's comfortable and that's what's familiar. Yeah. And I think, I think that was the thing that was scaring me was like, am I now only comfortable with that is that why I keep attracting that like is you know that it was basically maybe I shouldn't be worrying about whether why I'm attracting this but I should like you said I just need to voice my needs and my Um, feelings I think it's good to ask the question right like what you did say I think it's good to ask the question I think where sometimes people can tip a little too far on the scale in the personal development, like manifestation kind of world is like, oh my God, am I doing this to myself? And it's completely out of my control because of like the powers of the universe or whatever. I think that kind of mentality is super, super, I mean, at the very least it's very unhelpful. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I think it can be really detrimental. Um, You know, I've talked, I won't go into it too much today, but I've talked a lot, a lot, a lot on the podcast about how like the law of attraction is super, super toxic. It's really, really toxic because, you know, if something like this happens, like, oh, like you attracted like three or four people who fit into this pattern again, doesn't mean you shouldn't ask the question or you shouldn't do some like introspection, like, okay, what is it about these people 
you know, that I'm attracting or, or from where yeah. am I attracting these? Like, those are good questions to ask, but when it becomes like more of this question of like, oh, is this what I'm just manifesting out into the world? And it feels like this thing that you can't control. Mm. Like that's, that's super, super upsetting to me that people teach this basically. <laughs> yeah, teach- no, that's a really good reminder. And the other thing that came up for me when we were talking about both sides of this was that I think I started feeling like, even though I was not love bombing in my past relationships, that anxiousness in me kind of now the, the people that I attracted more recently that are, that are doing the love bombing or whatever, it's like a part of me, it reminded me a little bit, I think of the way that I used to be Mm. like, so clingy and like wanting this now without like really figuring out what the relationship is and just kind of ignoring the signs or whatever. Um, So it was interesting because it wasn't just that I was not attracted to that in them. It was like, I kind of felt a bit like, wow, I think I was doing a bit of this before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that funny? I, I actually, you know, I can think of a couple of relationships where I remember actually one very distinct one where I was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> so I, I, I do think it's common. And is that the universe being like, look how far you've come? Who knows? I'm not the thought police, you right. whatever you want to believe. You know what I mean? But I do think you're doing exactly the right thing in terms of just being curious and without like creating any drastic like headlines about it right? Like I am this, or this is my destiny. What? No, no, no. Just get curious. And you're doing exactly right. So I think really your inner work is to start getting comfortable with having needs and not just, I know, I know you're probably comfortable within yourself of having needs. I know you do a lot of inner work, so you're probably mm-hmm. comfortable with that, but like expressing those needs and those emotions to other people, even when it feels more vulnerable. So that's part of your work and then transferring that to your love life. And again, that doesn't mean love bombing and like telling everyone you love them and telling everyone about your deepest, darkest secrets. It just means like, Hey, I had a really great time tonight and I would love to see you again. You know, like no three hour rule or whatever to text back or like, yeah, no, like, you know, waiting for him to whatever. No, none of that bullshit. Cause that's all just like playing the game. That is all emotionally unavailable behavior. Okay. So sharing what you feel, how you feel in the moment, asking for what you want, asking for what you need. Will that scare some people off? Sure. Will it scare some of the avoidant people off? Yes. Will it make some of the anxious people be like, ah, I thought that's what I wanted, but ah, like they can't deal with it. Yes, for sure. Right. <laughs> but the people who are able to, you know, either have done the work or able to like get their emotional regulation in order, they're going to be able to show up right, right where you are. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. All right. You got this. I think you're much further ahead than you think you are. Thank you. <laughs> That helps. So I remember you saying that whenever I feel doubtful. <laughs> okay. Good. Was this helpful? Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to be able to talk it out. Okay. Good. Good. I'm so glad. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. 
I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different for the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood and deep rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you, Tesslaine, for coming on to the show. I so appreciate your courage and of course, also your time for coming on to the show. Now, if you would like to come onto the show and be coached by me, it's totally free and it's a 20 to 30 minute coaching session where you will walk away with some tools and some new insights on whatever is going on in your love life. So to sign up, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll to the bottom of that page and there you'll see a link. That link will take you to a Google form. You fill out the Google form. And then if I have open slots, that'll redirect you straight to my calendar. And if I don't, then that'll put you on a waiting list, in which case I will email you as soon as slots are available. Now, this episode is going out in mid-November, which means we will actually probably be recording a lot of episodes around this time, just because I do like to get a little ahead of myself in January so that I can take some time off in December. So we are likely recording episodes right now. So head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, look for that page, fill the form out, and we will hopefully be chatting very, very soon. I will say spots are limited, very limited. I only do two of these episodes a month. There's 12 months of the year. So there's only a total of 24 slots. So this is a super great way to get some in-depth coaching with me. We can cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. And especially if you're interested in potentially working together or joining me for my yearly mastermind, The Love Incubator. This is a great way to get some one-on-one attention with me. It's totally free and just see if it could potentially be the right fit for you at some point down the line. All right, so let's talk about Tussling. She had some anxious attachment tendencies and she was able to work through a lot of that, which is amazing. But now she's worried because she's attracting anxious attachment men. Now I asked her why she thinks that is. And honestly, I think she was right on the money. Just a reminder that you are much, much wiser than you think you are. So it is so common to be in a pattern and see that that pattern isn't working and then to overcorrect the situation. This actually happens a lot for my clients who were in a codependent relationship and then for very good reason, were completely scarred by that and vowed to never be in that kind of relationship again. But then they swing to the extreme other side and find themselves being hyper-independent so much so that they have these huge walls up and don't let anyone in. And they have a hard time being vulnerable with someone else because again, like 
it will just erode at this wall of independence that they have built. So I'm not going to talk about that now because this is not what's going on with Taslim. And I have a lot to say about being hyper independent. I believe that interdependence is the way to go when it comes to relationships. But I will link to some episodes I have about that in the show notes. So if you do want to dive into that specific topic, just, you know, scroll down, look for the links and tap away. Anyways, back to Tasleem. The way in which she healed her anxious attachment tendencies was to not have any emotions or needs, or at least to not express them because she had learned that that was bad. So essentially, she was making herself emotionally unavailable, just in the complete opposite way of being anxiously attached. So I want to pause here to remind you that avoidance often get a bad reputation of being the emotionally unavailable ones. But the truth is, anxiously attached folks are emotionally unavailable too. And if you're like, WTF, what are you talking about, Veronica? I strongly encourage you to take my emotional availability assessment because being emotionally unavailable is so much more than simply being noncommittal or not wanting to talk about emotions or being aloof, any of of that kind of stuff. I think straight men get a reputation for, you know, holding that honor of being emotionally unavailable. But the truth is, is that there are lots of ways to be emotionally unavailable, even ways that are more stereotypical female, although of course not exclusively held by females. And so I do think that it's really helpful to look at your own emotional unavailability if you are attracting a lot of also emotionally unavailable folks. So you can take that assessment for free over at veronicagrant.com forward slash assessment. And again, that link will also be in the show notes. Okay, so Tasleem learned young that having difficult emotions was just too much and having needs was too much as well. Now, I have no doubt that her family loved her. I don't think that's the problem. The problem is that their love was shown out of fear. They wanted her to be strong, not weak, which ended up creating some stories and the beliefs that we talked about in the coaching call. So basically having emotions, having difficult emotions, having needs, all of that was described as being quote unquote weak. Of course, because she's a human, she has emotions, including difficult ones, and she also has needs. And because they weren't really being met or uh, nurtured by her family, she wanted a potential partner to nurture them. And so that explains the anxious attachment styles, right, that she had. But then when she healed that and got over that, she was like, "Ooh, okay, I don't have needs. I don't have difficult emotions anymore. And it's not that she made them go away or made herself not have emotions or made herself not have needs. I mean, she certainly made it seem like that. But instead, she was just keeping it all in so that she was doing a really good job of numbing herself out, numbing her emotions, numbing her needs. And really, in a lot of ways, this does make her avoidant, which if you've read Attached or if you've listened to my episodes about attachment styles, this makes a lot of sense as to then why she would be really ripe to attract an anxious attachment style. So her work right now is really about coming to the middle. She started at one extreme where she needed someone else to basically deal with her emotions for her because she never had the support for that from her family, never learned how to deal with that on her own. And then she went all the way to the other side where she just buried her needs, buried her emotions, thinking, oh, I've healed this anxious attachment style, right? Again, she's now she's over in the avoidance style. So what we want to do and what she needs to do now is come back to the middle, right? We need to bring that pendulum just to hang right in the middle so that she can have needs, feel her emotions, work with her emotions, share her emotions when appropriate, ask for her needs to be met when appropriate by the other person and so forth. And all of this is inherently vulnerable. And 
you know, I think vulnerability kind of gets like a reputation of like sharing your deep, dark secrets and your skeletons and everything about your divorce or your first relationship or whatever. And sure, there might be a time and place to share that with a potential partner. But that's not what being vulnerable is. Really being vulnerable is just sharing what's true for you, what you need, how you feel. Again, not how you feel about some tragic thing that happened to you or a traumatic thing that happened to you, but how you feel right in that moment. Wow, I'm feeling really nervous about meeting you. I've been really excited, right? That feels really vulnerable even just to say it, you know what I mean? Like that's that will slowly begin to lower down those walls. And if the other person is available to do the same, that's going to be their cue that they can also lower down those walls as well. So one of my favorite things about my coaching call with Taslim is how willing she is to get curious. Now, I did want her to avoid making like these drastic headlines about her situation and giving her power over to the universe that the universe is just testing her or punishing her or this is what you get or whatever it is. But I do think simply asking the question is so important. And you'll see that in her case, like this is completely doable and solvable. You know, I get emails from people all the time like, well, Veronica, I don't think you can help me with my situation with my situation. You know, this is like crazy. You probably I've never seen anything like this. And have I seen every possible situation out there? I mean, no, because there's infinite <laughs> numbers of situations that there can be. But I think that when we kind of put ourselves in this box of like, well, this stuff is just too much for someone like Veronica or really anyone to help me with, or this is just too far gone, or this is just too crazy, then ultimately that's just another way in which we become emotionally unavailable, build some walls around ourselves, and just bask in the comfort of staying stuck, even though it's uncomfortable and you don't want to stay stuck. Again, like I said, in previous episodes, there is a comfort in being in the familiar, even if that's a kind of a crappy, stucky place (laughs) to be. So I really love that Taslim is getting curious, asking the questions. Um, She's not pointing the finger at someone else. And she's looking at some of her actions and her behaviors and the things that she's done, but not from a place of blaming herself or like, oh, this is bad, or I'm so bad, or I'm so wrong or whatever, but just simply getting curious. No drama about it, just curiosity. I think it's just a powerful energy to be in when you're doing this work. You know, if I'm on a call with with a potential client, and they're just a lot, a lot of self blame or self deprecation. It doesn't mean that they're not able or willing to do this work. But I know that it'll take probably a little bit longer, just because we've got to stop that habit. And we've got to create the habit of just getting curious, like, huh, why do I think that? Huh? Why do I believe this? Why is this true for me? And so forth. And then I think when you can get into that kind of space, I really do believe that just pure, pure magic can happen in your life. And this is really the work that I do with my clients and my deep work, deep love coaching program. Now you can continue to play the game by waiting three hours to text back or play into the myth that a man has to court you. If that's working for you, great, keep on going. But if it's not, it's of my opinion that you are playing a game you can't win because really and truly there are no winners in that game. Playing the game is also a form of emotional unavailability because you aren't actually available to be vulnerable or open to what you really want. You're ultimately playing a game to keep you safe. And no dating tricks are going to help you uncover that. And no dating tricks are going to help you to become more emotionally available or attract more emotionally available partners. The only way to do that is through doing the deep work and then being able to apply the deep work to your actual dating life so things change for you. When we work together, we'll begin with the inner child work so that we can begin to put a stop to whatever patterns that you are in. I'll help you understand why you do what you do and then heal them so you can be less susceptible to other people's games or emotionally unavailable baggage. I believe finding love is mostly about the inner work and like a little bit about the outer work. 
once you get to the point of being on a date with someone, whether it's the first date or the third date, there really is no dating rule that's going to make it or break it for you. In other words, you can't mess it up. If asking for what you want or sharing how you feel is too much, then it was never going to work with them anyways. My goal is for you to attract people who are able to meet you with how you're feeling or asking for what you want. If this sounds like something you need in your love life and you're ready to get unstuck, have your blind spots revealed and finally get on a very clear path to move forward with tools that are very tangible and actionable while also embracing a little bit of the woo and a lot of the inner work, I'd love to work with you. Your next step is to sign up for an introductory call with me so that we can see whether or not we're a good fit to work together. Just head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. You'll see some stories from past clients who worked with me there. You'll also fill out the form. And then after you submit the form, you'll be redirected to my calendar. And just so you know where that information on the form goes, it actually goes to my personal email. So not even my business email, which you know other people are in that inbox. This goes to my personal email so that no one else sees your answers except for me. So everything is super private, super confidential. Once you do submit that form, you will schedule your introductory call and we'll go from there. And just so you know, you know, no sleazy, pushy sales tactics, those introductory calls, there are no obligation to sign on. Think of it like a first date. We're just getting on the call to see if we want to keep this thing going and make it official. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And I will see you next week on the show. It's Thanksgiving here in the US. I've got a super special episode. I'm really excited about sharing it with you. It's all about femininity and spirituality and infusing that into your love life. Super excited. And until then... If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up-level your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on, or what your texting game is like, or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.